Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. A Shepherd in France Chapter 17 by Bernd Redstone It was six the following morning when Gabriella and Ben were dropped off at the hotel. It had taken a concerted effort of Gabriella, Chief Inspector Boucher, and a statement from Ben's psychologist to clear up his involvement in the incident. As he was going to be staying in Kent for the next few days they were assured he wasn't going to leave immediately. He was cleared of any criminal charges as he had been unarmed, his hands had no traces of gunpowder residue, and he'd been in a life-or-death situation. It had clearly been self-defense. There was also the matter that he'd become something of an instant media celebrity, and hero as he'd saved the girls from a horrible fate. The slightly out-of-focus shot of Ben looking sad in the back seat of the police car was sold to a number of media outlets who scrambled to get the story out first. It hit the internet in record time. Two of the girls rescued had come from a prominent Russian family. The police weren't sure if the twins were being held for ransom or were destined for the sex trade as slaves. The French girl had just been a tourist visiting with her family. The families were immediately reunited with their children and were overjoyed. At the pleading of the twins the Russian father immediately added pressure to see their liberator freed. The police were shocked by the speed at which the politicians became involved. When Ben and Gabriella arrived on the floor they headed straight for his room. They closed the blinds, got undressed, and climbed under the covers. They were asleep in seconds. Catherine knocked on Gabriella's door at 8 a.m. to head down for breakfast. She heard Miriam's voice asking who it was so she announced herself and Miriam opened the door. Both Daniel and Miriam were ready to go to breakfast so down they went. They were soon joined by her daughters but there was no sign of Ben or Gabriella. Rachel smiled knowingly at her mother and she smiled back. It was Daniel, returning from the washroom through the restaurant, who saw the TV displaying the image of Ben sitting in the police cruiser. He froze in shock then when racing out to the tables to tell Catherine that Ben was on TV. The entire party rushed inside and asked for the sound on the TV to be turned up. Catherine and her daughters listened carefully then relaxed as they heard he wasn't under arrest but was actually being called a hero for rescuing some girls from captivity. Catherine sent everyone back to the tables to finish breakfast then went upstairs to see if they had returned to the room. She used her key to Ben's room and went in. She pulled one of the drapes open slightly to let a little light in and saw Ben and Catherine both asleep. She closed the drape and left the room heading back down to the restaurant. She let the family know that both Ben and Gabriella were upstairs sleeping. The plan for the day had changed. It was noon when Ben woke up. Gabriella stirred and reached out to hug Ben. He caressed her arm over his chest and kissed the top of her head. She tilted her head up and he kissed her lips tenderly. Sorry for messing up your date night, Ben said. Oh Ben, no one can say a date with you is dull, she smiled. He looked at the clock and sighed. You're missing your nice shopping trip. There's always tomorrow, she replied with a stretch. The phone rang and Ben picked it up. Hello? Hello, am I speaking with Benjamin Shepard? A weary voice said. Ben Shepard, yes. Who is this? Ah, uh, this is Chief Inspector Gillis Favreau. I am leading the investigation of Rashid Shakir and the two witnesses you liberated for us are refusing to say anything unless you are present. They are most adamant. Would it be possible for you to return to the station as soon as possible? I just woke up and I haven't eaten anything since dinner last night so can you give me an hour? Ben asked. Of course. We will pick you up in front of the hotel in one hour. Thank you, Mr. Shepard, the chief inspector said and hung up. Ben groaned and slid out of bed. 
Who was that? Gabriella asked. Chief Inspector Gillis Favreau. He needs me to come back to the police station as the two women I found in the room won't give a statement unless I'm there. Don't ask me why. He scratched tiredly at his scalp and went to take his shower. Once he moved under the spray he hissed in pain as the water ran down his body. Gabriella rushed into the room to see what was wrong and saw him looking at a red gash across his left side. It was crusted with dried blood. Oh my god, Ben. You were shot. How did you not notice this? She shrieked. It's just a flesh wound. He insisted in a bad British accent and gave her a silly grin. She looked at him angrily. Really? You didn't get that Black Knight reference? Ben frowned unhappily. It was the perfect opportunity to use it. Ben! Be serious! You were shot! She scolded him. It looks like it just grazed me. That will need a big bandage, he said examining the wound. It wasn't deep but it was about six inches long. He had been lucky. He gave himself a shake. He was running out of time and still needed to eat. Gabriella helped wash him and Ben dried himself off while she took her shower. He smiled at their comfort with doing these domestic activities together. She caught his happy smile and smiled back. Gabriella taped some gauze over his new wound when she got out of the shower. Ben dressed and gave her a kiss as he hustled downstairs to get some food. He took a table in the far corner of the restaurant, ordered a beef stew dish, and asked them to hurry as he had to leave in thirty minutes. He looked across the room at the television just as his face appeared on the screen. His jaw dropped in dismay as he saw the heading mystery hero printed underneath. Ben noticed two well-dressed young women staring in his direction. He pretended to be looking at something on his phone but that didn't deter them from getting up and walking over to his table. The taller of the two said something to him in French and he made an apologetic gesture. Her friend slapped her arm. American! She growled. She took over speaking for them. That is you on TV, yes? You are the hero! The woman gushed. Yes, that's me but I'm not a hero. Just in the wrong place at the right time. He growled and they grinned excitedly. May we take our picture with you? The tall one asked. Seeing they would not leave unless he agreed, he nodded. The short one plumped herself down on the bench next to him, and he hissed as his side stung from the movement. She looked down and saw some spots of blood on his shirt. Her eyes shot wide and she began to chatter to her friend in French almost too fast to discern individual words. She looked back at Ben in shock. You were shot? It's just a flesh wound, he said with his poor British accent. The young woman just blinked at him, and Ben shrugged. It was worth another try. Her friend took pictures then they swapped places. They left gushing about the encounter and kept looking back. Ben's food arrived and he ate quickly. It was a shame because the meal was delicious and should have been enjoyed slowly. As he was leaving the restaurant the shorter woman rushed up to him with a marker in her hand. She looked up at him with an oddly desperate expression. Monsieur, would you would you autograph my breast? She bit her lip as she pulled back her blouse to expose the top of one large and smooth orb of flesh. Ben's eyes widened and his jaw dropped a little in surprise. He collected himself. Miss, it would be a crime to deface such a lovely breast. Keep it just as it is. I have to go. Those officers are here for me as they need my help. Goodbye. Ben said and slipped away from the strange young woman his face aflame with embarrassment and walked over to the two policemen. They nodded to him and led him to their cruiser. Twenty minutes later they entered the station and Ben was led to the chief inspector's office. The man greeted him and gestured for him to sit. Ben noticed the bruises around the man's eyes from lack of sleep. The chief got right to the point. They are still refusing to speak until they see you. They haven't asked for legal representation. Just you. Are you a lawyer? The man asked. No, I'm a mechanical engineer. 
I have no idea why these women want to see me. I just met them last night, and I barely said more than a dozen words to them. Ben exclaimed, I should warn you, sir, these women are not completely there. There is a simplicity to their speech patterns and a vacancy in their gaze. They can spend hours just looking off into space. We suspect that they have been captives of Shakir for a very long time. Perhaps since they were only children. Both have undergone extensive cosmetic surgery to alter their looks so we don't know what they originally looked like. They've also been cosmetically exaggerated. Large, almost grotesque breast augmentation and lip injections. We believe they were the personal playthings of Shakir. They may know where he is hiding. We must get them to tell us everything they know about him. Ben was shaken. He couldn't recall the details of the women that clearly. The thought of someone using people as toys was vile and his stomach lurched. He got control over himself again and nodded to the chief inspector. They both stood up and walked down a hallway to some doors. They entered the observation room first. Ben recalled being in a room on the other side of the mirrored glass. It filled him with unease. We have separated them but they have stopped speaking entirely. Favreau said. They need each other. If they've been constant companions during their captivity it might make them more comfortable speaking if you bring them together before I speak to them. Ben said looking at the blonde woman slumped over the table in the room. The chief inspector looked at Ben for a bit then nodded briefly. He stepped outside and spoke to an officer. Moments later the brunette was led into the interrogation room. She squealed and made a beeline to the blonde who held open her arms to hug the other woman. Tears flowed and the officer in the room pushed a chair behind the brunette who sat clinging to her friend. Shall we? Favreau said to Ben who nodded nervously. The moment Ben stepped into the room behind the chief inspector the two women squealed and jumped up to rush to Ben's side. They clung to him and cried. It was a little overwhelming and Ben looked to Favreau who just stared back in surprise. Ben made shushing noises and held the two against his chest. They went silent almost too quickly and stared up at him. Both were quite tall, easily six feet. Considering how short Shaka was it made a sick kind of sense for the bastard to keep tall women as pets. Ben's stomach lurched once more. He now saw what the chief inspector had mentioned about their alterations. Their features were too symmetrical to be natural and their lips were far too plump. Their breasts were currently pressing against him so he knew how large and firm they were. Definitely not natural. Their brightly colored nails extended at least half an inch beyond their fingertips. He walked them back to their chairs and tried to get them to sit but they wouldn't let go of him. The chief inspector made to bring a third chair around so Ben sat and the brunette took the second chair and leaned against Ben's shoulder clinging to his arm. The blonde suddenly sat across Ben's lap which brought her large breasts against his face. He blushed and looked desperately at Favreau. The man looked away and placed the third chair next to Ben. When Ben told the woman to move from his lap to the chair she did immediately but clung to his other arm. We have brought you Mr. Shepard as you requested. Might we begin with learning your names? The chief inspector said. Ben saw both women were staring into his eyes. He felt terribly uncomfortable with the desperate need in their stares. Please answer the chief inspector's questions. He's here to protect you, as I will, he said and felt the two women relax. It seems this was what they were waiting to hear. The blonde spoke first. Ben got the impression that of the two she was more dominant. I am Sharmuda and this is Zabala, she said with a quiet, soft voice. Favreau froze and looked at the two women. Ben wondered at his reaction to their names. He thought they just sounded exotic. Favreau collected himself. Do you remember the names you originally had before you began to live with Mr. Shakir? Sharmuda shook her head but Zabala nodded after a moment. My name was Penny and hers was Karen. The blonde stared wide-eyed at the brunette and began to cry. This triggered the other to cry as well. They reached across Ben to hold hands. 
Ben made his calming sounds again, and the two women settled in tighter against his sides. He began to worry how he was going to extract himself from this situation. May I use your original names? Favreau asked, and the ladies nodded. Do you know where Mr. Shacker is now? He asked. They shook their heads. Do you know where he might be? Karen looked over at Penny. They seemed to confer. The ship? Karen finally said. Mr. Shacker has a boat? The chief inspector said quickly. He received nods. What kind of boat? Favreau asked. A white one, Karen said, and the inspector looked like his wits were fraying. Was there a name printed on the back of the boat? Ben asked. Wings of change, Penny said quickly. We live there. A private yacht, Favreau beamed. Then why were you locked in the room of that house? Ben asked, confused. The ship is being fixed, Karen replied. To carry more people, Penny offered. The chief inspector gave Ben an ominous look. Ben realized these people wouldn't likely be getting a cabin to stay in. Most likely it would be a small, hidden smuggling compartment. Favreau went to the door and spoke to an officer outside. Then he sat once more and proceeded to ask a long series of questions regarding the places Mr. Shacker took the women, restaurants, clubs, hotels, and different cities. Ben found himself growing sleepy-pressed between the warm softness of the two women and after the stressful day before he began to nod off. Mr. Shepard! Ben's head snapped up and he blinked the sleep from his eyes. He looked across at the chief inspector. Sorry, what? He asked and saw the two women looking angrily at Favreau. You fell asleep and they stopped talking so as not to wake you. The man growled. Sorry, it was a really busy day yesterday that didn't end for me until six this morning. I'm a little wiped. Did you get the information you needed? Ben asked as he yawned. Most but I still have more questions. Ben yawned again. He really was exhausted. That's enough for today. He's tired and needs to rest. Karen said emboldened by Ben's presence. Ben looked at Karen with a little surprised smile on his lips. She looked at him and seemed to bloom under his admiring look. He smiled at Penny and she also beamed a smile at him. They're right. I'm fried. If you have any critical questions that might help you catch the sick bastard sooner please ask them now. If not I'd like to go back to my hotel. Ben said and immediately felt the two women cling to him tighter. Uh, where are the ladies going to be staying? They are important witnesses so we will keep them under police protection in a secure location, Favreau said tersely. The ladies began to whimper and looked to Ben desperately. He felt trapped. He looked to the chief inspector. Could you put them up at the hotel I'm staying at? Put guards on them there? What kind of budget do you think we have, Mr. Shepard? Favreau growled. Ben took a deep breath as his temper was flaring as much as the exhausted officer's was. I'll put them up in my room if you place guards on it. It won't cost you anything. My room is a suite which has a comfortable couch for me as well. Does that work for you? The man glared at Ben and seemed to realize his exhaustion was getting the best of him. He relaxed and nodded. Yes, that would actually be helpful. Thank you. He looked at the two ladies. Is that okay with you? They both nodded happily. The chief inspector left to make the arrangements. Ben looked at the coveralls the two women were wearing supplied by the police to cover the lack of clothes they came in with. Do you have any clothes? He asked and realized it was a stupid question as everything they had was likely still on the ship. They shook their heads sadly. I'll get something for you at the hotel. That earned him some smiles. He yawned once more. Ben felt himself slipping back into his sleepy state. He gently untangled himself from the ladies who were feeling a little more at ease as they knew they were going with him to the hotel. He stood up and stretched which caused him to wince as his new injury made its presence known. 
He walked over to the mirrored window and lifted his shirt to look at the bandage which was showing some spots of blood. Nothing major. Karen was next to him in an instant. Were you shot? It's just a flesh wound. He tried one last time and they erupted into giggles. Ben felt absurdly pleased and blushed. Penny was standing at his back and lifted his shirt higher. You have a lot of flesh wounds. She saw the stitches and looked at him with wide eyes. Yes, uh, my vacation has been a little more exciting than I hoped it would be. He shrugged. Karen lifted the front of his shirt and saw the older scars. These aren't new. She ran her fingers over the rough tissue. Ben squirmed with the sensations. No, those happened earlier this year. Penny came around to his front to see the scars and reached out to touch his bullet scars which were much lower on his torso. Tingles shot through Ben's body and he stepped back to find himself against the mirror. He looked at their faces but saw only innocent curiosity. He relaxed a little. Those are from years ago. He pulled his shirt down and moved to sit on the edge of the table. The two women moved closer to each other and held hands. He saw it was an unconscious thing, drawing comfort from each other. They shouldn't have been separated. How long have you been with Shakir? He asked gently. The two ladies looked at each other and frowned. Do you recall how young you were? Teenagers younger? Teens. Young teens. I think, Karen said. Do you know how old you are now? We're twenty-four, Penny said decisively. Karen looked at her with wide eyes. I heard Mr. Shacker telling someone that when we turned twenty-five next year we would be retired and he would find young blood. Ben's stomach lurched once more. God, he wanted so badly to get his hands around the throat of that monster. He'd had these girls for almost half their lives. Twisted them into something he would enjoy. Playthings. The man didn't deserve to live. Ben closed his eyes and took a deep breath, pushing the rage down deep. He opened his eyes to see the two women looking at him. Penny, I'm really impressed you managed to retain your names. That must have taken a lot of guts and effort. Can you recall anything else from before? The two frowned and concentrated but soon looked sadly at him and shook their heads. That's okay. There is some information at least. We know your first names, your ages, and roughly when you were taken. Maybe the authorities can find your families and get you back to your homes. The two looked at each other then back to him. We don't want to go home, Karen said. We want to go with you, Penny added. Ben rocked back and looked at them in shock. They began to look nervous. But you don't even know me, Ben said. You saved us, they said in unison. Favreau opened the door and stared at the three for a few seconds. Are you ready? He finally said. Ben nodded. How the hell was he going to explain this one to Gabriella and Catherine?